0: Hey there, Aligned You listeners. This is Dr. M here, and welcome to our Aligned and Thriving season and series of interviews. I am super pumped to be sharing a series of stories and interviews with some amazing humans. People, some who I've admired from a distance for a long period of time others who I know personally and call dear, dear friends and feel very privileged to do so. This series is designed to actually dive deeper into what allows them to truly live an aligned you you life and to be thriving, whether that's in their work life, their home life or their play life and working out truly is there common themes or is everyone different and we really do all reach our full potential in our own unique way. Enjoy this season. I've had an absolute pleasure and joy recording it. I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast designed to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. Hi there Aligned you listeners, Dr M here and welcome to our next series of Aligned and Thriving. This interview series is something I'm super excited about delivering to you for so many reasons. Our first series delivered an amazing group of entrepreneurs and humans that are living their life aligned. They're in spirit and in joy and we shared some of the common themes and uncommon themes of what they were doing in their lives to actually um, be doing that on a daily basis in their work, life and play and I'm super excited to be interviewing a dear friend of mine, Lance, who is an amazing, amazing man. I had the pleasure of meeting Lance for the first time back in 2018. He was actually the first person that my best mate and I, Andrew, met at a brilliant uh, workshop and four-day transformation workshop that we were at in Bali, and Lance was the first person that we met other than each other um, when we wow. were there. And uh, and he's such a humble man and such a beautiful soul. And in the last 25 years, Lance has been transforming businesses, building global brands, and coaching high-performing teams. He's worked in a diverse industries, including Google, Disney, Colgate, and Levi's. And he's an advocate for well-being, mindfulness, and inclusivity by applying ancient wisdom and philosophy to leadership coaching in the digital age. Today at Google, he leads brand and creative solutions for North Asia, and he teaches leadership courses such as Search Inside Yourself, with his personal mission mission to enable more leaders to transform more lives. Like, how cool is that? To enable more leaders to transform more lives. (laughs) He shares inspirational insights on YouTube and his Intent Talks channel, and he also volunteers and gives back to various causes with emphasis on children's education. I'm very blessed to call this beautiful man a dear friend and uh, the only bad which we'll probably talk a little bit about COVID today at some point Lance <laughs> but one of the things I that, think that, that <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to the thing that makes me sad one of the many things that makes me sad about COVID is this beautiful man doesn't fly into Sydney as often anymore because one of the things I loved is whenever Lance flew into Sydney he'd always send me a message and say dear are you available and say god yes Lance I am where are you and let's catch up so welcome to Aligned you Lance thank you so much for being a part of our Aligned and Thriving uh, series
1: Thank you, Maria, and hello to all your listeners. Yeah, you're right. I miss Sydney so much. I can't wait to go under again. Uh, I still remember us eating oysters, watching the sea, having quality time.
0: Uh, it's uh, it's it's always a pleasure to get spe- get to spend time with you, Lance. Whether that's in person or virtually, as we are now uh, aligned, you listeners. As we're recording this, I am sitting in Sydney and Lance is sitting in Hong Kong. Uh, so we we are literally oceans away from each other right now. But I'm so excited to have your insights, Lance, and to be able to share more of your story of how you ended up in in such uh, pivotal leadership roles throughout your career uh, and to talk more about how you actually do stay aligned in a very busy corporate world and with high pressures of corporate expectations, but you manage to stay aligned in all aspects of your life so beautifully. It's one of the things that draws me most to you, have such a beautiful energy in a way that you live your life. So I wanna be able to dive deeper into that with you today, Lance, because the premise of this interview series is exactly that, is to talk to different people from all over the world that are successful in their work life and play and how they actually stay in spirit and enjoy with that and what sort of techniques and tools you use to actually be able to achieve that so as i said i'm i'm so pleased to get to talk to you today
1: wonderful my my life's an open book and i'm happy <laughs> to share any tools that would add the most value to our listeners today
0: Oh, and I'm so pleased about that. Well let's, well, let's call the elephant out in the room straight away. How are you coping with COVID in Hong Kong? Because a lot of my listeners are in Australia, but they're all over the world, actually. And I know that you've dealt with this sort of stuff before in Hong Kong, haven't you?
1: Yes, I, we had SARS before. I call it like almost a warm-up. And back to your question, the big elephant in the room, um, I prioritise my well-being. And that goes the same in our company. Now at Google, our number one priority is also well-being. And with my team, we have this thing called One Simple Thing. What is that one simple thing you'll do every single day to make sure that you have, you're maintaining or improving your well-being? Uh, And can talk more about that. Uh, It's very important for me also right now is maintaining that connection with my loved ones. Um, My family are spread all over the world. Some are in the U.S. My mom and my sister also works in in the hospital. She's a frontliner. And the rest of the family in Asia. So maintaining that close connection, uh, considering that I cannot travel as much, I should travel 70 to 80% of my time for work. And I use those trips also to visit my family. The third thing I do aside from maintaining that connection is uh, making sure that I remain productive at work. Uh, we're blessed, and I'm very grateful that at Google we're given the option to work from home. And we can talk more about that. Mm. <laughs> uh, work from home. How do you enjoy working from home? How do you stay connected with your team, making sure that they they are okay, uh, making sure that we are aligned on what we're our, or our priorities for the week. Um, and I think I also kept my, after work, I keep my other rituals. I go to the park, uh, I, you know, Hong Kong is such a, you call it a concrete jungle and I'm blessed to be living close to a park. So after work, I'll go to the park, connect with nature, get some sun. Uh, that's where I also do my meditation and my personal readings.
0: Beautiful. That's that's a great that's a great start to today's interview, Lance. There's gold there already. Before we dive into more of your corporate world and what you're doing these days and how you balance it all out, I think one of the things I'd like to touch on first is is really how you ended up in Hong Kong because you didn't you weren't born in Hong Kong. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. When, we, when we were talking last week, preparing for today's interview, you'd mentioned this is the longest you've actually been in Hong Kong for one stint because of COVID, uh, but. I'd love you to share a little bit about your childhood journey. Where, where were you born? How did you end up in Hong Kong? I realize that, that you know that's a big premise and we could talk about that probably for the next few hours, but if you'd love, I'd love you, I'll put my teeth back in, I'd love you to be actually able to share with our listeners, where did life start out, off for you and how did you end up being in leadership positions in some of the biggest corporations in the world?
1: Yeah, I, 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 we can spend three hours talking about it, but I'm going to gonna, type, type, type in the story. Um, yes, I was born in the Philippines. I came from a very diverse family. Uh, my grandparents, they left China during the Cultural Revolution. Um, and my dad and, uh, and my mom, uh, when they got together um, back in the 60s, that's revealing my age right now. Actually, they got together in the 50s. <laughs> um, they, my mom isn't Chinese, uh, she's half Spanish, half Filipino. And back then in the fifties, as you can imagine, interracial marriage is such a taboo. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, uh, you know, but they had a very romantic story. They, they decided to be together. My dad is the eldest son. And in the Chinese family, traditional Chinese family, they consider the eldest son, as the, drag, the big triangle who runs the family business. And he, he took over that all. Um, and unfortunately, at a very young age, uh, he was 47. I was seven. He passed away uh, suddenly. Right? Wow. Uh, we had no uh, signals. We were very young then. The unfortunate thing at the time is my dad didn't have a will. So while he built my grandfather's business empire, we didn't get anything uh my relatives took over the business and my mom had to quickly turn around to become a businesswoman. right wow and we were four very young kids at home um that taught me a lot of lessons right um back then you know i i first is like being resilient because i was the eldest son looking after my 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 siblings um being more res- responsible. So I right away applied for scholarship. Um, I became a, uh, I, I didn't pay for school since grade one, uh, grade two, I remember, uh, up to I finished university. Um, I saw how my mom struggled to be accepted in my dad's family. Mm. I think at a very young age that that sense mm. of inclusivity or diversity was so important to me. I was bullied in school, mm. being gay, you know, uh, and looking different. Mm. Um, but all this, you know, taught me resilience and also, taught, you know, moved from uh, the victim story to having a clear vision of what I want to be. And I knew, but at a, at a very young age, education was my key to, to having a bright future. You know, and somebody told me this, like, the places in your life where you have the biggest challenges are the places where you have the most to give. Again, the places in your life where you have the biggest challenges are the places where you have most to give. So I knew back then that I don't want to see other children like me uh, go through the same thing. I made a commitment that, I would love to be able to give back and help other high potential kids to have free access to education. Um, I strive hard. I, um, you know, I started my career at, in the Philippines uh, in marketing. Then I got the opportunity to move to Hong Kong as a regional role. Um, yeah. And back then, I was looking at how do I balance my career as well as being able to give back.
0: I love that, Lance. And did you do that from the very beginning? Or was that something you found better balance with over time as your career was more stable?
1: Yeah, I, it would be the latter. Yeah. You know, again, um, I, I wouldn't say that I was like, yeah, I want to do great and change the world. I didn't start off. <laughs> I mean, To be completely honest, I had to take care of myself and my family first. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, but, and I, you know, I, I look at my jir- career journey, I would say there were three parts. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that was also my story to talk about true self-living. My the f- first part of my career journey was very much motivated about landing the best paying job, status symbol, probably the fear of missing out. <laughs> um, it was a great job, but I was not connected with my work. Mm-hmm. And then um, I moved to the second phase, which is the, probably the extreme, where my work becomes my life. Mm-hmm. I was working long hours. Um, you know, I, you know, I was not spending quality time with the people I love. And it also came to the expense of my health. Um, and I think that that's where my passion turns into obsession. Right? So then I took my sabbatical. And after my sabbatical, I got more clarity. Um, and that's probably where I moved to the third phase where I call it the 2 self living space where work is meaningful, there's integration. I felt creative, expansive and energized uh, and in the flow. And at the same time, it goes beyond just me, but thinking about how can I give back?
0: Mm, I love that. And and something you said that I really think is, is so important. And I, I think uh, my experience being with, various people that I've spoken about sometimes people get this in the wrong order which is when you mentioned it was really important to look after yourself and your family first is that often people try and give everybody else oxygen and to look after everyone else before they're actually making sure their own house is in order and I love that you that you uh, recognize that that was really important in your early stages of your career that you actually need to make sure you and your family were okay first right?
1: Yeah, and I like the analogy you use of using the oxygen mask, right? And even today at Google, right, uh, we were very clear with the COVID times. You have to take care of yourself, your well-being, so that you are in a position to be able to engage and be empathic with your teammates and I'm really understand what your needs are and their challenges.
0: Mm, absolutely. And was there a particular tipping point or, or moment in time for you, Lance, where you did decide to take some time off and to, to move out of that very busy, high pressure, high paced corporate world? What, was there a particular moment in time that actually um, inspired you to do that?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, that was like on my, if I look back on my journey, like the second phase where I reached the point where, you know, my passion has turned into obsession. I was working long hours and I was trying at the same time, It's kind of like, there must be a way to strike a balance. You know, you hear people saying work-life balance, work-life balance, what does it mean? You know, we have, we spend a third of our lives at work, a third at sleep, then a third is supposed to be a personal time, but is that supposed to be 33.33% equally divided? Uh, I couldn't, I I couldn't do it, right? Um, And I, I knew also that I needed to take a break, and that that's like taking powerful pause and making a choice. And I said to my manager, "Look, I'm gonna take a leave the company. I always wanted to travel, um, and I wanted to take a two year off, a two year sabbatical, travel the world, and along the way also volunteer. Uh, but uh, the the deepest motivation is really." Rediscover myself, right? Mm -hmm. Reconnect with myself, know what's really important to me because we can be easily clouded or we listen to the loudest voice, what success looks like. I just needed to break away and, and find myself.
0: (laughs) And, and I think one of the things that I love about you, Lance, is, is that you were really brave and did that. And if you don't mind sharing with the listeners, how old are you now and how old were you you actually, (laughs) when you actually made that really brave decision? Because again, conversations I have with people, sometimes they get to a certain age and they go, Oh, well, this is my lot in life. And I just need to suck it up and deal with it. Whereas you made some big, brave decisions um, at interesting points, I think, from a chronological age point of view.
1: All right, let's start with the age.
0: Because <laughs> you look <laughs> phenomenal, by the way. I mean, there are benefits of <laughs> having Asian background, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> I'm 53. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny when I say I'm 53, people are usually surprised. And then pleased to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and I... I must also admit, again, I'm, courage is something you learn, right? I, mm-hmm. I was actually afraid, I, 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 mean, I, I was afraid to, to go to the unknown, right, uh, when I took the step of leaving the corporate job. It was a high-paying job, I was a global CMO, vice president CMO, but I thought I that I really had to take care of myself. And I remember back then. Talking How long ago was about, that, Lance? That, that was eight years ago.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you yeah. had your midlife crisis at 45. That's exactly what my mom said. <laughs> I think you're having a
1: midlife crisis.
0: Some people just get a sports car. You took two years off. I love it. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what my mom said. Are you a. Why not buy a new car? I said, no, no. <laughs> said,
0: get a new car. Get a new boyfriend.
1: But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um so that that was I was, I am I'm, I'm very grateful I took that opportunity. To. People were saying, oh, you're so great to, to leave your job, but I knew that I if I while you know the pace great, it was, you know, um people said you know defined it as successful. I think I was on the wrong highway, uh, speeding myself to my graveyard. That's how I yeah. put it. Um uh, and I really had to hit the brake and say, okay, what do I do now? And Although I had my ideas on what how I'm how, how planning the journey, I, I actually went, went with the flow. Um, and part of the journey, I, I spent a lot of quiet time alone and I got into mindfulness. I began, again, when people think about mindfulness, we tend to think to associate that with uh, religious or something mystical. But to me, it was like mindfulness is a way of life, it's mm-hmm. a way of being. Um, being more self-aware, really confronting what are the questions I'm scared of to ask myself, mm. writing my journal, uh, being open, challenging my own belief system, being open to listen to other you know, um, philosophy that I might not be familiar with, right? Um, and I go you know linking back to your question, how I got back to my corporate, is like So one day I was like asking myself, do I want to be in corporate world again? Do I want to start my own business or should I continue volunteering? Uh, Is this the best way for me to create impact by uh, perhaps uh, joining an NGO? Um, And then one day I was watching a video on YouTube. There was a gentleman speaking in front of the students in INSEAD and he touched on mindfulness at Google. And intuitively, I got the sense that hmm, I should get in touch with him. I was a brave soul. I just, what I did after that, watching the video, looking up on LinkedIn, I wrote him and I said, I'm on my Sabbath call. This is what I'm doing. And I'm really curious how mindfulness works work at Google. Mm. And uh, lo and behold, 24 hours later, I woke up. I, I, at that time, I was in South Africa. Uh, I woke up and I saw a message from him and said, hey, Lance, I, I, I read your profile. And are you ready to come back to work? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I have a lot of friends who work in you know, executive search. They told me, Lance, when you're ready to go back to work, talk to us. But I went back in a very unconventional way. Um, yeah, that's kind of the op- op- opening the door to, to join Google.
0: I love that. And uh, one of the things I I love most about our meeting, Lance, and I don't know if you remember this, you are one of the most humble men I've ever met. And, uh, (laughs) And I loved when you first introduced yourself to myself and my my dear mate, Andrew, is that you said you were asking us all about what we did and we we're rabbiting on about our chiropractic practices and you were so humbly listening. And, and I remember I said, oh, and what is it that you do? And you just very off the cuff and very humbly said, oh, I work at Google. And then we kind of went into the, the our four day seminar started and that was kind of the last we heard of it. And I can remember then us connecting on, on uh, Facebook and on LinkedIn and me going, oh, you don't just work at Google. Like yeah. you're like at, a very high-end position, a very a very um, solid leadership position. Uh, and I'd love you to share a little bit more about that because you don't tend to. Uh, you tend to talk more about your passion project, which is the, the, um, the mind yeah, programs that absolutely.
1: you teach. No, I, I don't let my title define me. That's yeah, I love that. that yeah. um, I think people connect with your stories, and especially when they can see your authenticity and you are really interested to learn from them. Um, I'm a student for life, that's how I see myself. Yeah, I love it. And back to, yeah, um, when I joined Google, um, they wanted me to join the company because of my background as chief marketing officer. Um, And we are, the the idea is how can we use technology to better serve these customers or advertisers what makes sense for them um i said oh my mission is to humanize technology right that Uh, that was that, that, that that's definitely exciting for me and i used to build brands as you you know we spoke about international businesses but what really motivated me to join is they had this practice of giving uh, Googlers, that's how we call it the employees, the Googlers, 20% project that may not be related to your core function. Um, and I read the book Search Inside Yourself while I was my sabbatical. Um, and that helped me a lot in my mindfulness journey. And I learned that they, are, they, they needed teachers to teach Search Inside Yourself. And I said, this is something I want to do. And beyond that, are there other opportunities for me to coach other leaders or to teach other leadership courses so that way you know um that kept me energized this is where i talk about work-life integration as well Mm. like you know you're able to do something within your work and then outside work i also pursue other passion project that you know helps me come alive
0: i love that and and you are one of most uh not to sound cliche, but you are one of the most alive people that I know. And it's very inspiring. You you live a, a beautiful life and you have friendships and friends and beautiful friends all over the world because of that warmth and the, the way that you live your life, which is, is certainly inspiring. And, uh, and something that, as I said, is I feel very blessed to be one of, one of your friends that when planes start flying around the world again hopefully we get to see each other in person to give you a big hug but that's that's probably a little ways away at this point point. one of the things I want to talk about now Lance and we touched on it earlier but because you work big hours now one of the things that I love when you say I, I work less hours now is I dread to think what you were working before your sabbatical um, because one of the things that I, I suppose it's perhaps a cultural difference between what big hours in Australia are and big hours perhaps in Hong Kong are because <laughs> um, I think they're two different things potentially at a guess um, is with the the hours that you work which for a lot of people listening are still huge hours folks when you're listening online to listeners is when did you start actually I'll take a step back what practices do you put in on a daily basis that help you stay in spirit and enjoy and living your life to your fullest in between the day-to-day work that you do to help shape how you're humanizing technology within your Sounds Google good. space? Yeah.
1: Since we, make, we mentioned mindfulness, right? Um, mindfulness has been a, uh, a way of life for me, right? So, um, And I see the benefit of mindfulness to the way I lead my team, my well-being, and also my performance and then when i say performance it's about working smarter not harder mm-hmm. and um and when i say well-being it's as simple as things like am i sleeping better right and with leadership how are my relationships with my teammates right? mm-hmm. and um, my, 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 my ritual in the morning is i get up really early before sunrise What's uh, early for you, Lance? 5 a.m. is, they say, it's the magic hour. In fact, uh-huh. there's actually a 5 a.m. 5 club right now. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of leaders who get up at 5 a.m. You know, uh, when I was at Disney, uh, Bob Iger, the CEO, gets up at 5 a.m. And, uh, and that's a magic hour for me as well. I, again, not all listeners may have the same rhythm. Mm-hmm. But I find that I I used to be a party animal, by the way, uh, <laughs> which yeah. And, and, and until I I, you know, I I somehow matured along the journey, people did my lifestyle. Uh, I found myself much more effective when I get up at five a.m. What do I do at five a.m.? Um, first thing I do is my meditation practice. That, and then I do movement, and I alternate between yoga and qigong. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then I set my intention. And from there, I do my juicing. (laughs) So important, my juicing, part of my routine. And then after all this, oh, yeah, and then I take my shower, by the way, as I'm perspiring. Mm -hmm. Then that's the only time I check my email.
0: After you've done all of that. And how long does that morning routine take?
1: So from five, uh, I, I usually start my email at eight. So that gives okay. me a lot of time, right? Yeah, beautiful. Uh, work, work starts at 9 a.m., right? By 9 a.m., if you if you turn on your computer, you see, you'll be bombarded with so much email, right? Mm. Uh, but what I do is I, I, I check one hour before. That also helped me calibrate because... A week before, I would know what are my key priorities, but then every morning I would calibrate and and reject some of the meetings. There are some meetings I will adjust because they're not the most important thing, or I'll move them around so that I reserve my energy on the most important thing. Um, I also believe in having my teammates step up and Mm -hmm. represent me in some of the meetings.
0: Fabulous. So you spend the first three hours of your morning setting your whole day up, right? And then what's a, what's a work day look like? What, if you're starting at nine, what time do you usually then get to clock off?
1: I, I finish at six okay. and that's my boundary, right? Yeah. Well, there are cases where I have to do presentations and I would you know, review, uh, crop my storyline. Uh, but then I also use my five. So my, my most creative time is actually early morning. So when I say I check my email starting at eight, that's also when I start doing my presentations, right? Mm-hmm. I, I craft them, uh, turn my story into slides. Um, and I find that very useful because by the end of the day, I'm, I, I, I'm pretty much tired. I'm not, not, I would say, I wouldn't say exhausted, just that it's not the most productive time for me. Um, and I need my time to decompress so that I make sure I sleep well. Um, I think in the, in, I'm sure a lot of people feel that we are so bombarded with so much information during mm-hmm. that day, right? And part of leadership uh, and mindfulness, I would say, is being able to be discerning on which one you're gonna dive deeper. How and and mindfulness allow allows me to have that bandwidth to decide how I'm gonna process this new information, how I'm, I'm gonna connect the dots, right? And and then so and. After work, I need my decompression, which is I go back to the park or I meet some friends. Um, and that's my me time, my part time and then dinner with friends, my social time. Uh, and then I love to read and read something that is completely not related to my work.
0: Fabulous. And then what time are you usually calling it a night? 10 o'clock. Awesome. So you're getting your golden hours of sleep. I love it. One of the things I talk a lot about Lance is the prime real estate of our day being our first hour and our last hour of the day. And by actually being aware of it and designing it is how we then can set up the rest of our day in a very different way. So I love, I love that you're sharing that and you, you work at a, as I said, is a very high paced life that you have. And, um, I'd love to hear more around what differences that you've noticed since you haven't been able to travel. Cause, um, pre COVID you were traveling, as you said, about 80, 75 to 80% of your work life was actually flying around the world. What have you noticed has been the biggest differences for you since, because a lot of people look at that lifestyle and go, Oh, it's so, it's so adventurous and it must be so much fun to fly around the world all <laughs> the time. Um, and it's, it's, uh, you know, what a, what a dream lifestyle. Um, I'm sure there were dream moments in it. I'd love I'd love your insight around what the difference <laughs> between all that travel to actually getting to have a base for the first time probably in the last 20 years, in many ways.
1: I'm laughing when you say how, how people might think that, wow, that's such a great life. You know, I, I that's exactly how I felt when I was younger. You know, when I was challenged during my childhood, and I said, I want to work for global companies. I want to be traveling, flying first class, going to these hotels, wearing a suit, and da da da. Be careful of what you ask. Because <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> okay. you
0: got it, right? You got it in like tenfold.
1: Yeah, uh, unless you really, that's why I always said don't aim for work-life balance, work, aim for work-life integration because it came at the cost of important things, especially relationships for me, right? And learned sure. the hard way. Uh, back to your question, um, now that I'm not traveling frequently, uh, what have I observed? One thing for sure is I love spending time at home. Um, just you know, Just being grateful for what I have right now. Um, I can empathize with a lot of my friends, um, even my families outside Hong Kong because in Hong Kong, we, we didn't have a lockdown, right? Uh, so I'm still able to go to the park. Um, just that the fact that I'm able to spend more time at home and being able to go to the park and get sunlight every day, that makes a big difference, Make a big, big difference because when I was traveling, you know, you're... you're, you're, you're you're in the plane, hotel, offices, meeting clients, back to the hotel. You're not getting much sun. You're not eating as healthy as you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it does break your routine. So I travel with my yoga mat with me.
0: right? Mm. Well, even from your juicing point of view, Lance, that must have been, yes. or perhaps tricky in certain places that you were traveling to. Easier in some <laughs> places, I'm sure, harder in others.
1: I actually have my blender with me. Do you want blender. I it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I do my bullet coffee, but um, yeah. But it's it's not you know. The, the, I think of course I I acknowledge the challenges of of us not being able to travel, the uncertainty ahead of us. We have to call that as a you know acknowledge that. But um, there are several things that are blessings that we have. Um, of you know taken for granted i would mm-hmm. say and and also it also changed the way i i connect with my friends right um, because because of covid there's actually people are more purposeful with reunions or mm-hmm. or social gathering. when i say go, social gathering virtual gathering right so i have my i i have to make a be be make choices, right? On my weekends, I would spend time to connect with my friends in Europe on a certain period of time or my friends in North America. So we have a regular Zoom. And the observation, yeah, that's how I kept in touch with my friends. Mm. And that was a very good support system during these challenging times.
0: And I think one of the um, – it's, it's, it's beautiful that we can virtually connect and I'd love your thoughts on whilst that's so important, is is the difference it makes when we can connect in person? Because particularly as humans, it's what is, makes us human is that that connection piece between each other. Um, you've got a beautiful base of friends in Hong Kong. Have they been more important than ever? Given that you don't have that human connection with the the international friends.
1: Yeah, I my, my, I call my Hong Kong friend my chosen family. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that. Uh, right, let me let. Me, let me, for just for two recent experiences, a like few months ago, I went through surgery and my, 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 my family couldn't fly. I told my family not to fly over. Mm. And my friends, they even have a game plan. They even have a schedule on who's gonna be with me, right? That, that, that's just amazing, right? Uh, uh, until I went, came back home to make sure I have the food and so forth. Uh, and then another funny incident is like at one point, although I work for a technology company, my phone was broken, of course um, <laughs> you have a
0: fancy <laughs> phone, it's got a fabulous camera. you always look amazing in your photos.
1: <laughs> I won't reveal for the for, I won't say what the brand was, but it just broke right? <laughs> Let's just it <laughs> but it's what's what's fascinating is that um and i actually i i i still. I, I didn't feel paralyzed without the phone because I, my friends said that, you know, if I don't have a phone in for one day, I'll be stuck. I said, like, not for me. Um, yeah. So anyway, I go on with my life, my work. Um, you know, I, it was during the week. Um, I do my, 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 you know, video conference or my calls with my you know friends usually abroad uh, over the weekend. So, but again, my Hong Kong friends noticed that Hey, I sent a ransom l- message I didn't hear from him and another friend says the same thing and after 2 20, 48 hours, literally 48 hours they were panicking. Wow. They were panicking and knocking on my door.
0: Well, and that's was, a great like, thing, isn't it? I but, think that's a that's beautiful that you have that beautiful chosen family there.
1: Yeah, so I'm really grateful. So I yeah, exactly. So I I do think that especially this time of, you know, challenging times, my invitation to our audience or listeners is Think of one or two things that you'll commit into that can help somebody or your family or your friends. Uh, What what does meaningful connection mean to you? And, and, And commit to that, right? And to me, that's my weekend calls.
0: I love that. And I, I would imagine, Lance, is that the people that you connect with on a regular basis is that they uh, bring a beautiful energy and bring value to your life as well. I can't imagine that in, in, and I'd love you to speak to this perhaps, is when you're choosing who you're spending time with, is there a, a litmus test, if you like, of how you choose <laughs> who, who you give your time to? Because in limited time that we have in a very busy schedule, how do you pick and choose who gets your time?
1: Very, very good question. I used to say yes to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I I used to say yes. That's why, you know, I was like, and that was back in the days where I was also working long hours. So I'm out practically every single night. Right. Um, And I challenged myself, where's that coming from? And I realized it's probably also my, you know, Growing up, I know you losing your dad at an early age, proving yourself. I, I, a strong measurement of what's meaningful to me was pleasing other people, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that was um, uh, aha moment for me. I call it the disease to please. And um, now I, I I do set boundaries. I call it that, you know, you have your your, your your tribe, right? Your inner circle of friends. Yeah. Um, and then you have several rounds of friends. And I also manage your expectations, right? Uh, who, so I, I define who are my closest friends that I want to spend more frequent time. Um, I also um, make sure that I spend time with people who energize me. Mm. Um, again, you know, it's all about energy, right? You, you, I, I'm cautious about spending time with energy vampires. Right? Yes. <laughs> you need to protect your energy. But of course, there may be people who are in need at the time and you need to listen. And of course, I'm there, right? But uh, I also, when I spend time with my friends, I'll say, okay, so what are we going to do about this? Are, do you want me to listen? Or do you want me to help problem solve? But if you're coming to me every time as a victim story, that's not, I'm not helping you. I'm disempowering you. By not agreeing on what my role would be and what are you, how are you gonna take actions about this, right? Um, the other ta- when I'm on a more tactical level is I also train my friends to certain behaviors. So when I'm working, this is part of the how I say I work hard. I work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Is I don't look at my phone when I'm really working. I'm focused. I check my phone before I go you know before I, I, I check uh I check my email at eight, lunch break and afterward. In between those hours, I don't respond. If they, if anything's urgent, they could, my friends can call me, but I don't check my messages. Yes. Um, and I also train my friend that I would not respond within 24 hours. And they somehow know, right? I look at I process it, I say okay once I have the energy I'll respond to this then I can give you the quality
0: response you need. I love that. And I, and I love that that was clear when you went MIA for the 48 hours they were then knocking <laughs> on your door. So they actually gave you two lots of 24 hours before they started sending out search parties. I love that. And I, and I see that regularly with people. And I think that's it's such sage advice and pearls of wisdom when you're talking about managing your energy because a lot of people that I've experienced over the years give their energy away very easily and then they wonder why they're drained. Yeah. Uh, Conversations with people quite recently, actually, where talking about the people they're spending time with, they actually feel tired after being with that person. And it's like, well, perhaps you need to have a look at what the energy exchange is in that situation. And I know, in my practice life in the past, when I didn't understand how to manage my energy well, is I would leave drained because there were, um, particularly when you're hands-on with clients, if you're not managed, if I'm not managing my own energy, it's very easy for that to be be leaving effectively. So. So it's fascinating exactly. when you start playing with that more, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and it's about self-mastery, right? And mm. you talk about emotional intelligence, you know, like self-mastery starts with self-awareness. So I would, when I talk about self-awareness in, when I do leadership training, I would, it's, it goes beyond knowing what your strengths or your opportunity areas are. It's also about knowing your values, what's really important to you, how are you, how's your energy level? What energizes you? What drains you? Right, and from there you can start self managing. Right, and and until you have enough, you know you cannot give what you don't have, right? Exactly,
0: exactly. Oh, Lance, look, we could talk for hours. There's so much we haven't even touched on yet, and I, but I think that's a beautiful point to, to finish our interview. We're, of course, going to, I'm going to ask you my top five questions in a moment, but there's so much gold. Thank you so much. I might convince you to come on another time down the track so we can dive deeper into the oh, other it's aspects it's we haven't time. even touched on yet. But before we go today, I've got to finish with my top five. Um, what are you listening to at the moment? What music's on high rotation? What party and? them are you listening to on high road <laughs> right now Lance? this man can dance folks he he yeah. likes to dance hard
1: yeah. we call it the lance dance right but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i love it I, i'm actually on a zen mode right now and um, are you yeah uh, the last two weeks and i'm listening to the album called the offering um it was sung by a very good friend of mine gretchen uh, what I like about the, the that album, well, she's aside from being a singer, she is, she also teaches um, using how we use voice to uh, to become fully self-expressed, and she does sound healing. So I find oh, cool. I find her music to be healing, and I I've been listening to that the last yeah last week when I up uh, you know watching sunset in the park, it just kind of just calms me down and and puts me in. The right mode to think about my passion project.
0: Oh, I love that, and I and I've got to ask, what's your all-time favorite party anthem? Then, if that like back in the day when you were when you were partying harder. That's an on-the-spot question. I haven't preempted that one yeah, with Lance, yeah. folks. So I'll give I'll give him a moment of thinking time.
1: Ah, well, so many, so many. <laughs> but um, Avicii is my favorite uh, nice. DJ. Yes, yes. I so many albums. them. Um, I still listen to them from time to time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. What are you reading at the moment? Have you got one or many books on the go currently?
1: I, I think the last time we spoke, I was talking about the, the book called Happy Human by yes. Sophie H- Um and I finished it. Uh, that was interesting because it's about being real in an artificially intelligent world. Wow. Um, but uh, the last couple of weeks, I looking, I've been rotating two books. Um, I'm fascinated about you know the neuroscience behind happiness, relationship, and performance. So I'm reading the book, The Buddha's Brain by Dr. Rick Hansen. Very highly recommended. Yeah. And the other book that I'm alternating with is actually a gift from a friend uh, a few months ago. And this was right, no, a few months. Oh, yeah few months before covid and, and listen to the title the things you can see only when you slow down
0: how interesting right? by Haymin sunin wow the
1: things you can see only when you slow down that's so cool. this is one of my night, night my, my 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 book uh, bedtime book
0: I like that. I like that a lot. And we've spoken a little bit about what your regular routines and rituals are to make sure that you're staying aligned and in spirit and enjoy. Is there been anything different that you've done over the last week to make sure that you are staying in that state or is it your usual, your usual habits? Uh,
1: Something kind of uh, an outlier. (laughs) I I love neuroscience, data research and all this, but on a more of a right brain, I've been, uh, you know, Exploring the oracle cards. Oh, cool. Um, uh, I, I feel that the oracle cards kind of help me tap into my intuition and and it's part of my tuning in with myself and just be, being open to different modalities. That's
0: cool. And do you have a favourite quote, Lance, that you pull out at any chance you get?
1: Yes, I do. What uh, is it? Um, it? It's from Maya angel, one of my... Uh, I call it heroes, not heroes, I like that. Heroes, right? Um, uh, and she said, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you've done, but people will not forget how you make them feel. And, you
0: know, that doesn't surprise me, that's your quote, Lance, because you, as I said, and and if it hasn't been clear already, Aligned you listeners, this is one of my favourite humans on the planet. You have so much warmth and and it's clear in any interaction that I've seen you have with any other humans is that you leave them in a better state than which they started when they've been in your presence, which is something, um, a beautiful thing to watch and to be a part of. So I I so love and appreciate you as being a, a dear friend. Any final thoughts for the Aligned you listeners, Lance?
1: Yeah, maybe to, um, I'm thinking about what's the best uh, thought of um, putting all this together, right, and acknowledging that we're living through charging times, I would say build from within mm. that enables you to navigate complexity, right, and to thrive in uncertainty. Uh, we don't know how many waves we will go through of of, COVID, of the pandemic. Uh, I hope Not anymore, Um, but I think especially in challenging moments like this, uh, the importance of building from within. And the three key takeaways under that would be, look after yourself, practice self-care, whether it's mindfulness, having your me time, because you can only give what you have, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And secondly is becoming more self-aware. We talk about managing your energy, knowing what's important to you, you know, setting boundaries, right? Um, and and lastly, uh, when you have self mastered yourself, that's the only time you'll be able to have meaningful connection. So do something good, uh, especially reach out to people or friends that you haven't spoken to um, who, you know, this time of crisis, right? A lot, you know, I'm glad actually on, 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 the, on the flip side, I think like mental health challenges people are more open to discuss it now Mm. Uh, but there are people who are you know going through depression or feeling disconnected think about one or two things that you can do
0: I love that, Lance. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Aligned You Aligned and Thriving series. Uh, you have shared some pearls of wisdom. As I said, I'm going to try and convince you to come on on a later date on another series because we've only <laughs> t- just scratched the surface. So we'll see. I'll see how I go, folks, in terms of convincing Lance. I'm, I might be, able to wink, uh, might be able to convince him. I have a feeling. Thank you again, Lance. It's been an absolute pleasure and joy.
1: Wonderful. And I wish everybody in your family well and take care.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Lance. And that's it for this week's episode, Aligned You Listeners. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time. And that's it for today's episode, of Aligned You Listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Aligned You. Look forward to catching you next time. The information shared on Aligned You podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.